glad to have you in service. We pray that you are touched by the presence of the Lord today. We, we're not here today to impress you with us. I think we have an awesome worship team. We've got great singers, great musicians, but we're not here to impress you with our talent. I'm not here to impress you with my speaking abilities. We, we want you to be impressed by Jesus today. Because that's what matters the most. Amen. Those of you that are joining us online, uh, whether you're members or just joining us this morning, we welcome you as a part of this service today as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll begin reading with verse number 16. Paul says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What, what is really sad is the world, and I would venture to say even a number of believers have fallen into this trap of we work so hard to renew the outward man day by day. We spend so much time and effort and energy and resources on renewing the outward man. Our, I, I, the, the Bible doesn't say that exercise doesn't profit. It says it, it profits little. I, I think it's good to exercise, to try to take care of your bodies. I, I think all, but, but the, the billions of dollars that are spent around the world every year to renew the outward man. But the scripture says that it is the inward man that is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Part of the reason and part of the way that that happens is we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you would bear with me for a moment as you remain standing, I want to read a couple of other translations the amplified says verse 16 this way therefore we do not become discouraged utterly spiritless exhausted and wearied out through fear though our outer man is progressively decaying and all the middle-aged folks and olders can say amen and wasting away (laughs) yet our inner self is, renew, is being progressively renewed day after day. Kind of ties in what I preached last, last Sunday night, but I'll say it this way. We have a big problem when our priorities and God's priorities don't match up. And God's priority is not renewing your physical outward man. 
God's priority is not your temporary pleasure and enjoyment. His priority and His promise is that He will renew your inward man, your inner self, day after day. Great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. And then verse 17 and 18 from the Passion Translation, it says, We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weight, excuse me, an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. We, we see our difficulties as the substance, as the thing, the very thing that many of us in this room today are begging God to take out of our lives. is the very thing that God intended to be the substance that produces for us not a temporary but an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but the unseen realm is eternal. I want to preach to you a little bit this morning about the weight of glory. God, I thank you for your presence, your awesome presence that we feel in this place today. And God, you haven't just manifested your presence, but you have ministered in this place already. And I believe you will continue to minister in this place. I pray, God, that your spirit would speak and minister through your word. Lord, you know every single individual in this place today. In fact, your word says that the very hairs of our head are numbered. You, you know us in such, a, in such a personal, individual way. So I pray that you would speak. God, I believe that you have the ability that while one word may be spoken from this microphone, you have the ability to, to apply that word to every individual and every life in this place today as they need it. I pray that you would do that this morning. I trust you. I depend on you today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Realize that we have some guests today. Although I would say, from my observation as I've scanned the audience as we have worshipped, I, I, it, it appears as though those that may even be guests 
This is not your first time in church. It's not your first time to be in a in a worship service. So you seem to have some degree of familiarity with with the Bible, with the Word of God. This is um, some ways, from my perspective, this may not be the typical Sunday morning message or not the typical Sunday morning message that I prefer to preach or the kind, but I know it's what God has has laid on my heart today. I, 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 am, I am troubled. There are several things that trouble me on a regular basis, but I, I am troubled by our, I said our, not even the world's. That, that's a whole other story, but I am troubled by our oftentimes perception of what God is all about in our lives. Because even as believers that are striving to live a life according to the Word of God, a life that is surrendered to God, if we're not careful, we still operate by looking at what is seen. We still focus oftentimes on what is seen. But Paul says the way that we do this is by looking at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporary. But what is unseen, what we have felt here today, but cannot see, is eternal. There is a promise that our inner man can be, should be renewed day by day. You are not supposed to just be renewed every Sunday morning. You are supposed to be renewed day by day. And while there are wonderful things that happen when we gather together in a group of believers, it does not require a group of believers for you to be renewed doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what the setting is, you can tap into the presence and the Spirit of the Lord at any moment, at any place, any time, and get renewed. Of course, the problem is, most of us, our, our preference is not to be renewed. I don't want to be renewed, God. I want you to take the things out of my life that are causing the need for renewal. I don't, I, don't, I don't want this inner renewing. I want this outward relief. I want you to fix what I see. But the promise is that, that we would be renewed inwardly day by day. And Paul says that our light affliction is but for a moment. If we were to go around this sanctuary today and take time to listen to your story, listen to your life, I, I promise you, because many of you I know, that there, there are stories in this place that you have suffered and you have been through more difficulties, more heartaches than others have. I will tell you, I'm one of those people that if I were to tell you my life story, there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of sympathy or Whatever. I, I, I've, God's been very good, and good God's goodness is not defined by tangible things. That, that God can be good, and your life have a bunch of problems and troubles. 
But I will acknowledge, I will admit to you that, that I have not in the context of what many of us think is suffering. I, I really haven't suffered a whole lot in some of the ways many of you have suffered. My parents have been married 50 plus years now and I grew up in a loving home, a loving environment, never abused, never mistreated by my parents. I mean, I, my dad would apply a little correction every now and then on my backside, but that was done lovingly. Didn't like it, but it was done and done lovingly. And 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 I've I've had a couple of minor surgeries in my lifetime, but overall, I've never had a lot of health problems. I've got I've got I, we, my wife and I had four kids. We've now got three, uh, uh, two sons-in-law, a daughter-in-law. We got a grandbaby with another one on the way in a couple of months. And and none of my kids have ever had serious, significant health problems really until about two years ago, other than aches and pains that get on your nerves. The, the, the main health stuff that touched our house was 2022 when my wife dealt with the neck issues. So, so I, I say all that because if I'm standing here and I'm talking about your affliction and my affliction being light, then, then you could probably write me off. But the Apostle Paul is the one that put affliction in the category of being light. So let me just, in case you're not familiar with it, let me just read to you for a moment Paul's resume of affliction. 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 23. I'm going to read it in the Living Bible. It says this, They say they serve Christ, but I have served Him for more. Have I gone mad to boast like this? He said, I I can't believe I'm talking this way. I, I have worked harder. I've been... Here we go. I've been put in jail more often. I've been whipped times without number and faced death again and again and again. In addition, in in, in that last verse, he says he's been whipped times without number. But in this verse, he says, Five different times the Jews gave me their terrible 39 lashes. Five different times he had his back beaten five different times three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned three times I was shipwrecked that once where he was stoned if you go to the book of Acts where that happened it was to the point they stoned him they thought he was dead they just drug him outside the city and left him for dead but he wasn't dead Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I was in the open sea all night and the whole next day. I've traveled many weary miles and I've been often in great danger from flooded rivers and from robbers and from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the hands of the Gentiles. I have faced grave dangers from mobs in the cities and from death in the deserts and in the stormy seas and from men who claim to be brothers in Christ but are not. I've lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I have been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. Often I have, I have shivered with cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. That's when Paul says that it's all light affliction. That is the context of what he is referencing.
Not talking about stubbing his toe on the corner of the bed. Not talking about a little spat with your spouse. He takes all of those things and categorizes them as light affliction. I, I got a question for those of you that, that, that have affliction. That word affliction in the Greek means to press, to distress, to trouble. It's translated pressed or troubled. For those of you that have affliction, and, and that pressing can come from all kinds of things, physical, financial, family, whatever. For those of you that have afflictions today that you are frustrated with God over, that you want God to fix or change or deliver you from, how does that stack up to Paul's? And I'm wondering if we're in the same service we were in. He says it's all light. All light affliction. All of it. I don't know about you, but when I complain about what I got going on, and then I read that, I'm kind of like, just want to slide back in the crowd, just kind of zip my lips, you know. I don't really have much going on. And I think what I have going on is this horrible, heavy thing. And Paul takes all of that and says it's light. It's just light affliction. How can you say that, Paul? He says that because of what it is working to produce in his life. They have, I guess maybe the other academies, service academies have it. Maybe it's a military thing in general, but having lived here, my dad went to the academy and having a little bit of familiarity with it, I know it's, it, it happens there. Your, 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 your senior year, your last year, you, you have service selection. And, and, and you list what your preferences are. And then based on rank and all different stuff, you... You, you, you know, they, they then end up assigning you. But, but you, get to, you get to list your preferences, right? I got, really, I got really bad news for you today. There is no affliction selection. God does not come to you and say, listen, I, I, you, you need some affliction because it's affliction that is going to produce a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So here are, here are the options, or better yet, you just tell me your preferences. Doesn't do that. My wife has said a couple times now in the last week or two, based on some things we've gone through in the last year or so. She said, I would much rather deal with what I dealt with with her neck in 2022. The problem is God didn't stop by our house and say, listen, Angie, uh, I got some more affliction I'm going to add, so what would you like? He doesn't give us the choice to... Boy, this is go if if for all the whatever go go listen to last week. Last week I preached Psalm one hundred three. He heals all your diseases. 
Today I'm preaching he gives you diseases. You know what? I, I was thinking about this this morning. I've thought about this in the past, but I, I think I was thinking about this this morning. I personally cannot think, and if somebody can help me, I will do a little bit of Bible trivia here. But I cannot think of one example in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that tells a story of Jesus healing one of the disciples. I don't know one place where it says that he did a miracle for one of the disciples. Now, I'm not saying that because it's not there that he didn't, but is it, is it just a coincidence that we don't have any stories of him opening any of the disciples' blinded eyes, opening any of the disciples' deaf ears, raising any of the disciples from death? Brother Isaac said it, we do have a story of, of Jesus touching Peter's mother-in-law. Some of you wouldn't want that miracle. You know, Lord, that's okay. To just leave that one alone. All of the stories that I can think of that come to mind throughout the Gospels, it was people that was in the crowd. It, it was people that were in the multitude. It's, it's a blind man sitting beside the road that as Jesus passes by, He calls out and asks Him, and He, he asks, have mercy on me. And, and it's a mother who's on her way, they're in the funeral procession, that He, he raises her son to life. I'm not saying that he never did anything for any of the disciples. I am saying it's not written that I know of. You want to be in the crowd? Because you know what seemed to happen with some of those people? They were in the crowd, they got the miracle, and then they went on about their way because they got their miracle. In fact, one day, John chapter 6 Towards the end of the chapter, there's disciples in this context. It wasn't disciples in the twelve. It's referencing other people who had followed Jesus long enough, had demonstrated enough of a commitment that they were now viewed as disciples. But some of them did not like what Jesus had to say, and so they began to leave. And then Jesus turns to the twelve, and He says, Will you go also? Peter responds and says, Lord, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life. How many people here this morning are focused on praying for circumstances and situations that are afflictions for God to get them out of your life and they are some of the greatest blessings in your life? Are we having fun yet? (laughs) Our light affliction. But it is producing an eternal, a lasting weight of glory. Anybody ever noticed on the, the weather app or every other places, but it's where I've seen it the most, that there are there, there can be small craft advisories. 
when there's bad weather, they, they will give a warning that if you are in a small boat, a small vessel, it is not safe for you to be out on the, the waters. Ephesians 4 verse 14 says this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The Amplified says it this way, so then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. New Century Version says it like this, then we will no longer be babies we will not be tossed about like a ship that has like a ship that the waves carry one way and then another we will not be influenced by every new teaching we hear from people who are trying to fool us they make plans and try and any kind of trick to fool people into following the wrong path there's an old song that says if the ship of your life is tossing on the, the sea of strife, you need someone. If your body is in pain and your health you can't regain, you need someone. If it feels like you have tried with all the strength you have inside and it seems like you have failed, remember on the cross He nailed all your bitterness and grief to give you peace and sweet release. You need someone. And the Course says, I give you Jesus. He's the peace that passes all understanding. And I realize that when you read this verse, that it's ref- it references doctrine and winds of doctrine. And, and, and while that may be the primary application of it, I think we can apply some principles from the verse. That it's not just the winds of doctrine that may come and blow. And it's not just the winds of doctrine that are causing these great waves in the sea of life. But, but it can be circumstances and situations that we go through. Paul said that, that you wouldn't be like, like a ship that is tossed to and fro. That, that small craft advisory is saying you, you're not big enough, you don't, you don't weigh enough to be dealing with this kind of weather. Several, several years, I shouldn't say several, years ago. In fact, 20 plus years ago. Went on a, my, my parents, my brother and sister-in-law, my wife and our four kids, Elizabeth being, I think, six at the time, Nathaniel being around six months. Dad took us to, we did a family trip to the Virgin Islands, and we, uh, we, 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 we rented a speedboat one day. We all, we got in there and went out on the, water and having a great time we all kind of started noticing you know the skies are getting a little dark i don't mean like nighttime dark but clouds rolling in dark clouds rolling in and so my dad was doing all the 
the driving, and so finally it was decided, probably need to head back. Problem was, we were, we were a ways away. And as we continued making our way back, the, the, uh, that storm was making its way in. And we reached the point that that little boat wasn't wider than this platform, and it probably wasn't even as long as this platform. That little boat starts bouncing. I forget, was Joel had, didn't Joel, Joel had Nathaniel? or no, My wife had Nathaniel, six-month-old, in her lap. My brother was hanging on. I was out towards, if I forget, I maybe Timothy or somebody, and we're literally coming up off, sitting there coming up off the seat. We missed the small craft advisory, I think. Sort of contrast that to a couple of weeks ago as my wife and I were out of town, went on a cruise. There were a few times, there were a few times in the course of being at sea where we felt some rocking. But out in the midst of the Gulf of Mexico, looking out from the window of the ship, seeing what looked to be like probably four or five foot swells at time, that, that ship barely was impacted. If we'd have been in that same speedboat, we'd have been getting some air. Uh, we've had a jet ski for several years now. We, uh, we, we're connected off of the Whitehall Bay, off of the Chesapeake Bay, and it's a great spot for you have a jet ski or a small boat, because most of the time there's very little disturbance in that bay. I, I don't swim. I mean, I can swim across a pool, but the head ain't going underwater. The only time this head goes underwater is in the shower. That's it. There have been a couple of times that I've accidentally flipped, and thank God I'm here to tell you about it, because... I've, there's been some times out there when, especially where that bay meets the, the Whitehall Bay meets the Chesapeake Bay, that, that you, you, you get some pretty chopping. That little jet ski is greatly impacted by the waves. Do you understand that your affliction that you feel like is weighing you down is a part of the load that God knows that you need to provide stability. A a, a cargo ship has has an amount of of, of load that it needs to carry for, for best stability. I'm trying to be very careful here and not embarrass myself. We're at the Chesapeake Bay sailing and all that, and we got a bunch of people here that know boat stuff way better than I do, so... You, you need a certain amount of load. And, and Paul says that as much as the load or the pressure may be, it's still light. And it is light because of what it is producing. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Don't give me your spiritual, sanctified, saintly answer. I want your carnal, natural answer, okay? 
Because I know some of you, if I ask it, you're all spiritual and you're not. I, I know, and that's probably the right answer, but let's be carnal for a moment. I not say sinful, but maybe naturally minded for a moment. How many of you, if you had the choice, are there some things or have there been some things in your life that if you had the choice, you would have chosen for them to go differently? I, I know the spiritual response is God was in control, God worked it all out, and if I could go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't do it. That's what you need to, that's right, that's the right answer. When you're spiritual. When you're not feeling so spiritual, there I, I've heard it. There are people in this room. I've heard you say that very thing with regard some to some very difficult situations that you've some tragedies that you've been through. I've heard you say that now, based on where you are and what God has done, if you could go back and change it or not go through that, you, you'd still go through it. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And that, but that's not the way the flesh feels. Not the, that's not the way the, that's not the way my flesh feels about things in my life. That's not the way my you know you, you, you don't go to the doctor to get afflictions. There's nobody that's sitting around feeling great and healthy thinking, you know, let me go to the doctor and see if he's got an issue for me. Why do you go to the doctor? Because you want to get relief. You, you, you want to get you want the problem to be fixed. I'm sorry, but Jesus is not the doctor that does that. Sometimes you don't go to Jesus to get relief. Sometimes you go to Jesus for Him to give you some new affliction. Good thing my salary is not based on the popularity of a message. I'd be having to pick up a side gig this week. (laughs) Our light problems, issues, struggles is a blessing from God because it is helping to bring the thing that you need to keep you from being tossed by every wind that blows your way. It's what helps, gives you the ability that no matter what the waves are, no no matter how much the wind blows, you have the stability that you need to stay on course. And God allows affliction. And God determines the affliction and how much the affliction needs to be. I just got through saying, we've been blessed. Not one of our kids has ever had any major physical problems. And there's people sitting in this place today that you've got young kids, teenage kids, you've got adult kids that live with major physical problems. When I am looking at at what is seen versus what is not seen, that is not fair. When I look at what is unseen rather than what I can see, I trust that God knows the exact weight that this ship of mine needs to navigate the seas of this life. And He's going to give me that weight of affliction so that I can make sure that I have what I need to get to what is eternal.
eternal and what is going to last. He knows just the right amount. He knows just what the right thing is that you need and what the thing is that I need. And it is not God's judgment. It's not God's wrath. It's not because you've done something wrong. But God knows you need some affliction that is going to produce something that is eternal. I'm 52 years old, born and raised in church, born and raised in this church. I have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of people come through the doors of this church in its 50 plus years of history. And I've seen people come in that God did some great things for them when they first came. He healed them. He fixed some problems. But the problem is... He kind of sets the hook. And once he sets the hook and you've gone through this little honeymoon phase, he's like, all right, let's get down to business. Because as the saying is, God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to leave you where you are. And so initially, boy, you get the Holy Ghost, you get baptized. It's the best thing that ever happened. It's the most wonderful thing. You go tell everybody about it, but then a few months later, John the Baptist chosen to be the one to prepare the way of the Lord. Before Jesus ever did any miracles, before there was any public demonstration of who he was, John stands in front of a crowd of people when Jesus shows up and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. This is the one I've been telling you about. This is the one whose shoes I'm not even worthy to tie. Notice he didn't tell that crowd that day, Hey, everybody, look at that guy over there. I think he might be. Without hesitation, he declared, this is the one. But fast forward a little little bit of time. John's been thrown into prison. Some of John's followers come to see him in prison. And he says this to them. I want you to go ask Jesus a question. I want you to go ask him, is he the one? Or should we look for another? (laughs) One moment. He is absolutely confident. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is the one. And now he's sitting in prison, and he says, go, go, go ask Jesus a question. I need to know if he really is the one, or did, did, I, did I miss it? Did I get it wrong? What happened between... That declaration of who Jesus was and now this question of who Jesus was. In in very simple terms, what happened was things did not go the way John expected. (laughs) He didn't anticipate that his journey would lead him to prison. 
He, he didn't expect that once he did his part of introducing Jesus, that he would now be stuck in jail. That's not an uncommon thing that happens to believers. I said believers. I'm not talking about sinners. Believers. You make these declarations of faith and believe God with certain expectations. And then when it doesn't go the way you anticipated, you plan, you start. You know what? Maybe this God thing isn't all that it was cracked up to be. Maybe this being a disciple of Jesus thing is not really for me because there's some affliction that's not light affliction. It's heavy affliction. Heavy because of what I am viewing it in light of. Paul says that again, all of those things that he called light And momentary. That those things are working to produce a far more exceeding weight of glory. Your your afflictions that you're dealing with today, whatever they may be, whatever kind God has chosen for you, your afflictions are not to destroy you. Your afflictions are not God's punishment. I've said it before, I will say it again. I personally believe that there are very, very few things that we go through, difficult, hard, negative things that we go through that are punishment from God. That's God's very last ditch effort. God is not quick to cause pain and heartache for you to punish you. But if you don't understand and accept that there's going to be affliction in my life, that God is going to choose the load, and I have to choose whether or not I view it as a light load or a heavy load, and I also have to choose to believe what it is working for. It is working for a far more exceeding that phrase a far more exceeding weight means a throwing beyond others super eminence Adam Clark says this the apostle opposes things present to things future A moment to eternity, lightness to weight, affliction to glory. Nor is he satisfied with this, but he adds another word and doubles it saying, and it's got the Greek words there that I won't even try to pronounce. But in essence, it's the Greek word from which we get the word hyperbole. So in essence, the Greek is saying hyperbole upon hyperbole. Imagine it as big as you possibly can, and it's bigger than that. This is a magnitude excessively exceeding. 
Barnes Notes says this, ex- this expression would have been by itself intensive in a high degree. To simply say that our light affliction is producing glory. But, but he said it's a far more exceeding weight of glory. And this, but this was not sufficient to express Paul's sense of the glory which was laid up for Christians. It was not enough for him to use the ordinary highest expression for the superlative to denote the value of the object in his eye. He therefore coins an expression and adds hyperbole in the Greek. It is not merely imminent, but it is imminent unto imminence. It is not ex, it is excess unto excess. It is hyperbole unto hyperbole, one hyperbole heaped upon another. And the expression means that it is exceeding, exceedingly glorious. Glorious in the highest possible degree. So take whatever your affliction is today. And trust God that that affliction is working for you to produce something that is so far above and beyond what you could ever imagine it to be. So whatever it is you're going through today, then you can do like Paul said when he asked God to take away the thorn. He said, you know what? I will choose to glory in my infirmity. I will rejoice in the very thing that I ask you to take away because it is in my weaknesses that you are made strong. We all want to get strong and be strong enough on our own. The problem is when you are strong on your own, you push God out. Because God can only manifest His strength in your weakness. He can only manifest His grace in your time of need. When there's something going on that you acknowledge, God, I can't handle this on my own. I can't do this by myself. But I trust that Your grace is sufficient. And I trust that what You are doing, what you have, the load that You have put, the pressure that You have allowed, it is producing something far above what I ever could imagine. It is producing a weight of glory. That word glory is its really such an interesting word. There's a couple of contexts with which the word is used. And one of those is just to do with God, giving glory to God. Heaven is also oftentimes can be referred to as as glory. The word glory in the Greek means opinion, judgment, view, splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, grace, majesty, that which belongs to God. When, when we worship and we express to God how great we think He is and how wonderful He is to us, when we express to God what He means to us individually, that we we're giving glory to God. But according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, that word, it, means the glor- it also means the glorious condition of blessedness into which it is appointed and promised that true Christians shall enter after their Savior's return from heaven. 
What's interesting is in the Old Testament, the word glory can mean weight. But only figuratively in a good sense. Glory, glory can be that, 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 that feeling that, that we use the word heaviness usually in a negative way, but in this context, a positive way. It's, it's that heaviness of the presence of God. It's that, it's that place we get to sometimes in a service where you, you don't want to move on. You don't want to do anything else. You don't want to disrupt what is there. That, that's, that's the glory of God that has settled. So when the Old Testament uses that, that, that glory is also weight, but it's weight in a good sense. Anybody, did anybody come in here today in a, in a negative sense? You came in here weighted down by some things, weighted down by some circumstances in your life. It, it, it's interesting because he, he, is, he is saying that, that this affliction produces glory, which also can be weightiness. But he says that's a, it's a far more exceeding and eternal weight. So it's like weight, weight, not W-A-I-T, but W-E-I-G-H-T. Your light affliction is not just producing glory, but it's producing a heavy glory. Anybody got, what's that? Esther, what's that, that, that blanket called you got that you can use to work out? What's that thing called? That big heavy blanket. Weighted blanket, yeah. That's profound. Yeah, how much, do you know how much it weighs? 20 pounds. 20 pounds. I, uh, we got blankets on our bed. They ain't no 20 pounds. They are very light. Anybody else got a weighted blanket or a, or a heavy blanket? Not, we got one that's it's not 20 pounds. I think it may be eight or nine. But you, you, they're, they're, you, you put that on, you put that weighted blanket on, not to oppress you, but there is this feeling of a, 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 a comfort, of security. Of... The, the problem is when you stop in... In, in verse 16, I think it is, and all you're focused on is the outward man being renewed. You're missing the blessing of the weight of glory that God is trying to produce in your life. Not a heaviness of depression, not a heaviness of discouragement, not a heaviness of, 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 of hopelessness. But there is this glory, but not just glory. There is a heavy glory that God is trying to use the affliction in your life to produce that. And while it's not, while, while the affliction is temporary, the glory the glory is eternal. Oh, the number of people that have traded temporal relief. Sacrifice temporal relief for eternal glory. I, I know, I know this is 
You can write your best life now and become a bestseller. If I were to put this message today into a book, I probably would go in debt. This goes back, I guess, to last week I said the Lord was dealing with me on the pendulum swinging way from pessimism. So I guess this morning I'm making sure I didn't swing too far. I, I, I'm, I know this is Sunday morning, and Sunday morning usually the focus is more so towards our visitors and our guests, and, and, and that's the norm, but I, I guess in a lot of ways this probably isn't more so to the guests this morning, but maybe it's evangelistic in the sense that some of you, if you don't get a hold of what I'm preaching today in a couple of months, a couple of years from now, if Jesus hasn't come, you're not going to be on these seats anymore, not because you move someplace and are going to church someplace else, but you're going to be not going to be on these seats anymore because you could not accept the fact that God allows light affliction in your life on a regular basis but He is trying to produce something of eternal value that is far more exceeding than anything you could ever imagine. Our, our light temporary Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. That word affliction again means to press, to distress, to trouble. It's pressure. The word tribulation, when Jesus said you shall have tribulation, one of the meanings of that word is pressure. In this world. You shall have pressure as one of the greatest blessings from God. Because God has chosen to load your vessel down. To bring you to a place of stability. So that all of those winds and waves that toss... They don't take your vessel to and fro. They give you what you need to reach the eternal weight of glory. How many of you, and I'll include myself in this, and I will acknowledge this for me, so I'm not setting you up. How many people in this place today have got some kind of physical problem Maybe it's something as minor as just a backache or major as a disease that you have asked God once or twice or many times for God to heal you. How many of you? I'm assuming the rest of you adults that didn't raise your hand is because you have made peace with those aches and pains. Because it ain't no way that you don't have them. Can I tell you a prayer today that you can absolutely be guaranteed that God will answer? He may not answer the prayer to take it away, 
I may not answer the prayer to heal it, fix it. But I can guarantee you he will answer the prayer to give you grace that is sufficient to go. But that's not what I want. I, I don't want grace. Now, God, I, you, you keep the grace. Just give me the deliverance. You keep the grace. Just take away the disease. Get, let, I'm, I'm happy for you to give somebody else the grace. I just want the healing. Our light affliction, which is just for a moment. It, it, we're, we're over halfway through January. We're halfway through January. Where did the first couple of weeks of January go? Don't blink because we'll be talking about summer. Don't blink twice because we'll be talking about Christmas vacation. It, it, it amazes me. I don't know, maybe you do the same thing, but after a time like a couple of weeks ago where my wife and I were away and enjoying some time off, kind of depending ever how long that, that period was, I find myself for the next amount of time, on a given day, I'll be thinking back, man, seven days ago. This time one week ago. This time two weeks ago, we were getting ready to go up to the top deck of the ship and sit out and rest. Now, I, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I will take this week's weather over being in the islands right now. You can have this, you can have it. I'll take that in the summer, but right now I'll take this. And if you don't want it, go to Florida. Or keep going for that matter. Or stick around this week. I know I need to work on my thankfulness because in about two or three days I'm going to be struggling. We are about to get rain and wash all this snow away. It's supposed to be 60 something degrees in a couple of days. I, all you people love it. Go to Florida. This is Maryland. It's not supposed to be warm in January. I realize this isn't Antarctica, but you know, we're further north enough. Why was I saying all of that? Other than it, my grandmother sent me a couple of texts this week, which I still, after over about a year and a half, when I talk about my grandmother sending me text, it's still my 94-year-old grandmother. With emojis, I will add. <laughs> she texted me Friday and said something along the lines of, David, I pray, may the, may, may, something like, may the good Lord have blessed you with enough snow for the rest of this year. <laughs> I think it ought to be white on the ground from about mid-December to the end of February. It just should be. Go sit by your heater, put your coat on, get your gloves, and stay warm. Why did I get on all of that? 
Yes, thank you. Time goes by. Two, I think two weeks ago, or I just, I, I mean, it, it just feels like yesterday we were going through Christmas and doing our family traditions and all that. It really is a moment, but what it's producing. How many of you today, I, again, I know this is, if you're a guest, come back next week. I'll, 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 we'll preach something positive, maybe. First, the bottom line is this really is positive because it's producing something eternal. But I, it's, it's not what our flesh wants to hear, I'm just saying. How many of us in this place today, and again, I said us, and I mean us. I'm not pointing fingers at you and preaching at you. How many of us in this room right now, if we were to be honest, we got situations we're dealing with in our life that we are frustrated, we're discouraged, we're depressed because God is refusing to change them, fix them, heal them, deliver us, turn it around. Thank you for some of you that raised your hand. I'm not asking for you to do that between you and Jesus. I venture to say, if we would be honest, there's a high percentage of us here today. That as much as we believe the Bible, as dedicated as we are, as apostolic as we may be, there's a bunch of our prayer and our time that is focused on asking God to change stuff that God has intentionally chosen to be light affliction but it's producing a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory <laughs> Sister Carol you, you know what affliction is like we got some things that fall into that category. But God, in His sovereignty, has allowed those things because they stabilize. They stabilize. Yeah. Blows my mind that how many times when people get what they consider to be blessings, all of a sudden they don't have time for God anymore. When people get the blessings they've been praying for, they, they don't have time for ministry. They, they don't have time for souls. They, they're now too busy. So yeah, those afflictions, those heartaches, those pains, those difficulties that cause you to keep going back to the cross from fresh mercy and fresh grace, what an absolutely amazing blessing. What do you want today? Do you want temporary relief from what is ultimately light affliction at the expense of a far more exceeding, eternal, lasting weight? I do this very reluctantly, but I also feel like I, I can trust him with this. Nathaniel, what would, what would you choose 
If you had the option this moment that God would touch you and every physical issue that you have would be instantly gone. You wouldn't have any more problems. You'd be able to walk and function. And yet, if you had that and it caused you to miss out on an eternal as much as you and I would love for you to have a physical healing if God has decided to trust you enough that as challenging as the physical things you've dealt with if God says it's light affliction but it's producing something I feel to do it this way right now. Head bowed, eyes closed. I think there's some people in this room. I'm going to invite you right now. I'm not saying you can't do this where you're sitting, and if that's what you choose, that's fine. But I'm, I'm inviting you to do it beyond just that. But there's some people in this room right now that there's some things you need to come put on this altar this morning. Maybe it's a physical situation. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a financial situation. Other things, whatever they may be. Say, God, rather than me being consumed with when are you going to fix this? When are you going to change this? When are you going to lift this? I put it on the altar today God and I choose that I'm not going to look at what I see and I'm not going to pursue trying to get you to do something that is just temporal that only lasts for a brief period of time but I'm going to choose to trust you that you are producing something in my life that is far greater than a momentary relief it's far more important than this affliction that I'm dealing with right now being taken. It's, it's producing something eternal because the problem is you can fight it. You can continue to fight it. The Lord said to Paul, how long are you going to kick against me, Paul? <laughs> you want to fight me? I can fight you. God, God's not going to change His plan and His purpose and His desire, but... but, but, but you got to decide, God, I'm not going to fight against the, the, the affliction. I'm not going to fight against the circumstances. Some of you got, maybe your affliction you're dealing with is, is betrayal. As Paul said, not, not just betrayal by, by the world, but you've dealt, you're, dealt, you're dealing with betrayal by people you're close to, people you've been close to, but God... God has allowed it, not saying God did it, not saying God caused the person to do what they did, but God has allowed it to produce in you something of eternal value. I, I, I know there's such a struggle in our flesh because you say, Pastor, if I do that, what you're saying is I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving up on, on God fixing it, on God changing it, on, I, I, I'm giving up on, on, on my miracle. 
I guess if that's the way you want to look at it, you can look at it that way. But actually, I think you can look at it as that, you know what, I'm giving up control of trying to tell God what to do and what not to do. And I'm trusting Him that His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But His ways are, are right. His ways are good. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray by Your grace, help us to trust You today. Whatever it is you've chosen to, whatever load you've decided to put on us, God, you know just the right amount, you know just how much we need. You're not going to do too much, Lord, because you're not trying to destroy us, but ultimately you're trying to do what is best for us. In the name of Jesus, don't, don't miss, don't trade what is eternal. Don't sell out for what is eternal, for on something that only lasts for just a moment. I, I'm, I'm not intentionally trying to just drag this out, but I just... I feel in my spirit there's a few more of you that need to need to go a little farther than you've gone so far. I know this this isn't what you came wanting to hear today. This is this may not be the message your flesh is interested in hearing, but would you let your spirit connect with the spirit of God? Would you I need your would you let God's grace and mercy I need your grace. may not be the miracle you I want, but the mercy and the grace you need can be imparted right now. Leading the way, I can make it without Lord, I've been looking at what's temporal. Not for one day. I've been discouraged by what is temporary. I'm starting to lose my way because I've focused on what I see. But by your grace today, by your grace today, I want to fix my eyes. Not just on what I can't see, but how about this, what I don't understand. I need your hand. I'm not going to look at what I see. I'm not going to get consumed with what I don't understand, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that you're producing something eternal. God, whatever's going on in my life that is out of my control, whatever circumstances and situations that are happening beyond my control, I'm going to trust, God, that you've chosen it to be the light affliction that I need. To produce something eternal in my life. Leading the way I can make. Can you say what Job said when you get your affliction? Can you say what Job said when affliction has happens in your life? The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job didn't point fingers at God. Job didn't accuse God. 
But Job trusted God. Can you, will you do the same? I need your hand. Leading the oh God, I don't want to miss out on that exceeding abundantly above what I can imagine weight of glory. I don't want to miss what you're trying to produce through what I'm going through by what's happening in my life. I don't want to miss that, God. I need your grace. In the name of Jesus. I need your mercy. In the name of Jesus. I need your grace. Hallelujah. I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it. it I can't make it without you, Jesus. Some of you are sitting here today. This wasn't in your plans. This this wasn't where you expected to be, and it was affliction. It's adversity. It's difficulties that have brought you to this point. But God is producing. I need your grace. God is working out in you a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Leading the way. In the name I of can't Jesus. Make it without you. Not even one day, Lord. One day. I can't even make it through one day without I grace and mercy, mercy from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I'm not dismissing yet, but if you do need to go or want to go, you're welcome to slip out. I don't think the Spirit of the Lord is done yet in this service. God's still ministering, working, but if you need to go, you can do that. In the name of Oh, not for one day, Lord. You're not expecting me to make it without you one day. You're not trying to get me strong enough so I can do this by myself. You're not, your, your goal is not for me to get to the point I can do this on my own. In fact, you're trying to get me to the point that I acknowledge I can't. And I never will. Be able to do this on my own, but grace is sufficient. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I need your grace, Lord. I need your grace. I need it fresh and new every day. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. I need your I can't make it without you, not for one day. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your hand leading the way. 
Yeah. 
hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Again, if you need to go, you're welcome to whenever you want to. I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. My Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee, oh, I need Every hour I need Thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to I'm calling Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry, while Heart calling, do not pass me by. I'm calling, Savior, Savior. Oh, oh, oh. 
tremble, cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by I'm calling Savior Savior hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling do not pass me by